This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Welcome back to Breaking Banks. Joining us back on the show, he's becoming somewhat of a regular guest, actually, is the Lord Mayor of London, William Russell. Uh, Lord Mayor, welcome back to Breaking Banks. Thank you for having me. And as you know, Brett, um, I'm in my second year. Absolutely. Your, your second term. It's, it's fantastic. Second so, term. Last time that happened was 1860, 1861. Long time there ago. You go. Well, do you think you'll get a third term and then you break all the records? Um, I, I, I get very, uh, my wife gets very cross with me, but I always say the divorce bill would be too much if I had a third there term. There you go. All right. Well, that makes sense. I understand that completely. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of stuff happening in the UK at the moment. The uh, vaccine rollout is uh, starting to to uh, happen with uh, some intensity. Um, yeah, how and how is my... the feeling in London City these days? Oh, you had the vaccine. So, so I had it on Friday. Uh, I and I had the AstraZeneca one, the Oxford one, proudly. Um, and uh, look, I mean, it's, hap- it's happening fast. We're, we're optimistic about how we can start to think about bringing, uh, bringing back people to the City of London. Um, if anything, the City of London has been almost too successful working from home. That transition has worked very well. Um, but I think confidence will grow. Uh, we've got certain sort of dates, and we're doing a, a phasing campaign uh, a reopening campaign around the square mile, uh, and you know, in, and also we we passed through uh, Common Council uh, just last week uh, a motion to spend up to up to fifty million pounds to help all the SMEs within the square mile, the City of London, yes. not the whole of London, because we that would be too much. But a lot of it's around hospitality uh, SMEs. I, I remind people, ninety nine percent of the businesses in the City of London are SMEs. People immediately think, oh, I had no idea, but that is the case. It's actually not uncommon for that to be the situation no. in most cities. You know, they're the lifeblood of uh, of the city. Um, it does feel different, though, doesn't it? It does feel mm. like there's an energy building for us to return back to not necessarily the old normal because things no. will never be the same, but uh, people are um, you're chafing at the bit to get yes. back into action, I feel. So, um, yeah, pent up um, demand. Exactly. In fact, um, you know, the economists I speak to, uh, you know, the investment analysts say exactly that. We, we've yeah. got a lot of pent up uh, consumption demand and things like that. People are just waiting for the starting gates to open. So, um, and and in terms of fintech policy, you've had uh, you've had some fairly significant um, changes or I- insights. Particularly, you had the Khalifa report released uh, recently. Um, so, tell. T- Tell us about the the high level uh, review of UK fintech and sort of what that means um, for when so, things do start to come back. 
Yeah, um, look, I mean, it, it, you you know about the success of fintech in the UK. I talk about uh, in a positive terms that the uh, the UK is the centre of, of fintech in the world. London uh, described in the Khalifa Review as the super hub, uh, but there are lots of other hubs uh, around the country, and that's what's so exciting. I remind people there are 146 fintechs in Scotland alone, and 1,600 fintechs in total. But Ron Khalifa, who spent a, a, a long time doing the review, uh, as you know, is a past CEO of WorldPay, right. uh, knows a lot about it. Uh, and in a way, uh, COVID delayed his timing, but in a way also helped him because of the digitization, how fintech really came to the fore uh, during um, uh, during COVID-19. And, um, you know, the UK, we needed to come up with something where, you know, what's what's the next stage? We, uh, we don't, we want to keep the momentum going. And it's a compliment to, to all the uh, many other countries in the world and cities in the world that, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're catching up and they're doing a good job too. And FinTech is here to stay, as you know. Um, and as I also know, you and I have discussed it, um, you know, I, I really think it should be called Tech Fin. But anyway, it is FinTech. And underneath that, you've got InsureTech, RegTech, all the other areas and now green tech coming into the fore. But, uh, you know, we, we've got 10% of global market share and 11 billion in revenue in the UK um, and $4.1 billion um, dollars uh, was invested into UK fintech uh, in 2020, which is more than five times all the other European countries, which is a, a good confidence booster as we leave Europe, uh, Brett. So, look, I, I think it, it, it's it's a good. It was a good opportunity, uh, but also I would say having the Lord Hill review about two weeks after that was perfect timing because it reinforced a lot of the things that I'm, we've been saying about listings. Uh, and this is a big opportunity for us to uh, to grow the listings. And you've seen Deliveroo have announced they're going to list on the uh, London Stock Exchange. You know, we know that in the pipeline, there's potentially Wise, which was the old transfer Wise. There's Dark Trace. You know, we've got some exciting companies wanting to come to the market. And so the timing couldn't have been better, really. It's pretty interesting because obviously there's a few Chinese fintechs right now that are looking to list. They've had some issues like uh, Ant Group and, uh, you know, we've seen some action um, taken with, with Tencent, uh, similar to Ant in respect to a financial holding company or a bank holding company there. Um, but these are going to be some very big IPOs. So I think, you know, maybe um, that's, again, one of the measures we're going to start looking at uh, for success of a fintech hub is uh, how many unicorns do they get to get to an IPO exit? Because ultimately that's that's one of the measures which we've sort of been waiting for in fintech, haven't we? You know, sitting there looking at Monzo and Revolut and when are they going to IPO? What do you think? Well, I'm, I, I think I like to think sometime in the future and you saw the news on Starling Bank and, and the uh, the wonderful Anne's Anne Bowden and, what, yeah. and Anne's done great and I'm sure you've chatted to her. So look, you're absolutely right. We're in that position now. We're changing uh, uh, the, the, you know, the uh, the dual structure and the the percentage share. Timing couldn't have been better. So, uh, and you know, there are a few. Uh, the key thing is that there are there are a few people who weren't quite sure. But we are not trying to, you know, deregulate down to a. To, to, to take standards down. Uh, what we're trying to do is be more flexible. Uh, and so it's, it is attractive for, 
for many fintech companies to, as you say, list in in what is the fintech fintech hub. Um, and um, I think that it's great. And um, you know, the Cleef review has is 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 uh, is as quoted by uh, Christine Fays, who was a Lend Invest, is a seminal moment for the fintech sector in the UK. I saw now, that. I saw that. Uh, we've got to deliver on the recommendations of the report. So it's all very well, as you know, Brett, talking about it. Now we've got to deliver. And the one that I'm particularly excited about, I have to say, is the uh, is the Centre for Innovation and, and Technology, which uh, I, I think that could really help us a great deal. And you, read, you know quantum computing is coming next. You know, I think the UK and government has worked out that tech is critical over the next five to 10 years, and we've got an advantage around, around fintech. Yeah, I mean, Oxford's doing some great stuff with quantum yes. computing well, um, as an example. And, and, you know, I would throw life sciences in there, but that's not really my area. But, we're, mm. you know, with the vaccine, that is part of that too. So life sciences, healthcare, um, fintech are something that now we're, uh, we're on, uh, on our own um, out of the EU. You know, we, could, we need to really push forward on these things. And then we can talk about green as well, but that's also the other opportunity. So um, the Khalifa report, um, I love that you've got T.S. Anil uh, from uh, Anil from uh, Monzo. You've got Nick from uh, Revolut in the report making their comments, yeah. as well as uh, Christian. But um, it talks about three broad prizes or benefits from this commitment to fintech, uh, uh, you know, across the UK. It talks about jobs. We've discussed that previously. It talks about trade. But one that I thought was interesting is inclusion and recovery was uh, was um, brought out. So um, how do you think, um, you know, at a time when since 1990, uh, you know, every day since 1990, I think this is the famous quote that a bank branch in, in the UK is closed somewhere. And this trend is happening also, of course, in the United States. Um, and it's happening globally because, you know, we, we've got bank accounts in our phones. Now, yes. now we don't need to go to branches as much. But that does tend to also complicate the inclusiveness aspect. So how are you finding fintech? You mentioned uh, WISE, uh, you know, previously known as TransferWISE and others as an example. But how, how, are you, how has um, fintech changed the inclusion um, the formula in, in the UK, do you think? Well, um, so I, I think it, it, we've got further to go. We aren't where we'd like to, but it, it, the financial inclusion, everyone has one of these, you know, smartphone that I've got, uh, the majority of people. Uh, we're spending a huge, you're going to hear in the next month or so uh, about how much money BT is going to spend on broadband. We've worked out we need, we need to go that the next stage. So everyone has the internet. Um and so that, that in itself is where we want to get to. But it's also very much part of the levelling up agenda that this government has. And don't underestimate what they're trying to do. You've just seen announcements, you know, the Treasury are moving people to Darlington in Yorkshire. Or, or, uh, and then you've got Leeds have just announced something that's happening there. At Manchester, I think that I read today that transport, the transport uh, department are moving people up to Manchester. The levelling up agenda is really critical. Uh, and that, in a way, is has already happened a bit with fintech. Uh, and um, I go on virtual trips around the country, and I went to Birmingham just two weeks ago. Brett, I mean, it's incredible the things going on in Birmingham. I mean, it's a really dynamic city. My mum was a bro. That's, uh, right, that's great. Yeah. And that's before HS2 is even finished. Um, so you can already mm. see the excitement that's going going on. And what has really changed 
is that all these big cities, Leeds, and I'm a Durham alumnus, but let me put Durham and Newcastle in there, but Leeds and Manchester, for example, and Birmingham particularly, all the universities are hanging on to their talent. Here's a stat I got out of Birmingham on my trip. 55% of the graduates are now staying in Birmingham. Now, when I left Durham, we all came to London. So the other thing I would say that was mentioned in the Khalifa Review and mentioned uh, in the uh, in the budget a week or two later, uh, a week later, was immigration visas. So we need right. special immigration visas for skilled workers. And, you know, I actually think a lot of that may be more for London than for the rest of the region yeah. because they're hanging on to their talent. And the final thing I'd say is that every company, whether it's a fintech startup and TransferWise will confirm this or WISE, one of the reasons why they either double down or set up in London or in the UK is because we have the global talent. And as long as that talent stays in the UK, we'll still be very successful in fintech and tech and, and many other industries. I, I, well, I know the uh, the wise guys personally, um, having yeah. been with them when they were just a, a wee startup um, before they had this uh, 800-pound uh, unicorn gorilla Right, but uh, um, I, I did notice that foreign talent represents uh, about forty-two percent of UK tech employees, um, and um, a big um, reskilling opportunity for the UK workforce. Um, it's estimated that ninety percent of the UK workforce will need to be reskilled by twenty thirty. That's from um, the Learning for Life report, CBI.org. Um, in the UK, yeah. um, but uh, uh, so it would appear that um, you know this is a big opportunity for those outlying cities, Manchester, Birmingham, etc. <laughs> in terms of uh, and Cardiff and Northern relevance. Ireland. I mean, right. exactly. I mean, in Belfast, there's a wonderful company called Fintrue that I always mention, which is a incredible employs 300 people, quite a lot of them in Derry, London, Derry, mm-hmm. near Coleraine. So, um, you know, what does a reskilling program of that scale look like? It's not just uh, fintech, obviously. No, I mean that, that's a, that's a very good question, and I think that's part of the the action plan that needs to be be be, be discussed. I mean, you know, we'll get the the, the new visa stream. To me, is a is a is a is a no brainer, um, and you get that access, and then. Uh, um, you know, uh, as far as the upskilling, you know, we need to do that. And that's, it's a recommendation. Uh, and that needs to be taken up with, 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 uh, with government. Uh, and, um, and hopefully that will be, uh, but also, um, you know, it's also part of, of, of also the, uh, the supporting, you know, work placements and, you know, various things, apprenticeships that we need to do a better job at um, around the younger generation coming through. I mean, at the moment, it's, it's 75,000 people we think are employed in fintech and it will go north of 100,000 by 2030. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it comes back to my point, uh, Brett, is that, you know, we, we yeah, Ron has written this, this wonderful review. We now need to deliver on it. Um, and um, hopefully, uh, having had it, you know, backed, and, and and we were the secretary of the City of London Corporation, but the Treasury very much said we want this review. So now we'll hopefully, uh, hopefully get it um, uh, get it set up. Uh, 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 the various bits that need to be done to deliver it. I'm just looking up a stat from my new book. Actually, I, I, okay, I, we're talking. I, Tell I, me about your new book, Brett. Well, so I, you know, I didn't want to make this a plug for the book, but um, <laughs> it's called it's called the rise of techno socialism. 
Okay. Um, so I think you'll, I should, I'll send you an advanced copy. Hopefully okay. you'll, uh, you'll find some interest in it. But I was looking, um, it's actually quite interesting that um, uh, this is a figure from, from the research. Um, this is research that was published in September 2018, and it's from the American Enterprise Institute. And um, it looks at US and UK economic growth from 1990 to 2015. And it, it, it uh, reports that um, absent immigration, inbound talent coming into the US, their GDP growth would have been 15 percentage points lower over that period. And for the UK, 20 percentage points lower without that immigration and the EU even higher. Um, and so, yeah. um, you know, strategic immigration, that's going to become, I think, a big differentiator for the 21st century. I totally agree with you. And and that's where, in a way, you know, London is an expensive city, no doubt about it. It's yeah. a wonderful city, as you know. But if you're coming in from elsewhere in the world, one of the places you would want to go and work potentially is London. So that's why this immigration visa, I think, in a way, will benefit uh, London. Um, but it will benefit other cities as well. But I think other cities, as I say, are retaining a lot of their talent. Um, no, it is. And, 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 and I think with what's happened with COVID and what's happened with Brexit, a number of people have gone back to their, to their European countries. So it's, it's becoming even more important, uh, this, this, this talent. And, and look, the other thing is that I look on my travels around the world at areas that are doing well in fintech, and we always know what Singapore are up to, and they're, they're outstanding what they achieve. But I think India is a country to watch. Uh, I think there's something really happening there uh, uh, in India, and it's interesting that you know our, our prime minister is going out there in the next uh, next uh, month or so, um, and um, all the fintech discussions I've had, and talk about financial inclusion and what India's done. I mean, there's always a divide. We've always America and and here in the UK, we've had these landlines. You know, that was a disadvantage to start with the old mobile phone and go straight into that mm. uh, a financial inclusion is what's uh, worked in the favor of potentially Africa, but certainly uh, Africa and India. But so I think it's really interesting. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of talent in India and it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of that talent hopefully uh, comes to the UK as well. Um, so look, it, it is an exciting time. Um, and, but it's also exciting time around, uh, green tech and green finance running into our COP26 agenda. Uh, and that's another area that is going to be uh, very important for the world and for the uh, UK as well. Now, um, you've had a bit of uh, competition recently. <laughs> Amsterdam with the with their yeah. exchange uh, Berlin has been obviously trying to attract uh, fintechs uh, as have some other hubs uh, throughout Europe with the sort of in the post Brexit world uh, do you do you guys feel like London has to step it up even though London's clearly shown leadership in fintech around the world um, I, I get the feeling that the Khalifa report is sort of saying we can't rest on our laurels so I agree, we can't rest on our laurels, and, the, and, and that is exactly what Ron's saying. Um, but um, the, the, the headlines are sometimes deceptive, uh, and the headlines on Amsterdam is we are no longer in the EU, so of course European share trading is going right. to move to a European country. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, it was a little disappointing in some of the big business papers who made a huge deal of Amsterdam, um, and of course that was the headline, and that's what... People who it's don't know obvious now that you put exactly, it <laughs> um, and so um, so look, 
I mean, we we are you know we're very conscious of it. Um, I, I did a North American a virtual trip, saw fourteen different companies, and one of the CEOs of one of the biggest banks in America said, "We love London, we love the UK." And I tell you, the positivity from my trip was enormous. Not one of them said London's not going to stay at your headquarters. Yes, we recognise that uh, your our, your European friends will chip away, uh, but it doesn't change the fact that London is still for us. Uh, the 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 number one center, but um, but we aren't going to be complacent. And the other thing I'd add is, uh, and uh, and it, this came out loud and clear from my my trip, uh, my virtual trip to North America. People forget, and the Europeans need to remember this. People are in London not just to trade Europe. London is an international marketplace, Correct. and people yeah. are there to trade globally. We have the language, the time zone, the rule of law, and the funny thing is that people also forget. We have an insurance sector that is 27% of the total GDP of the city of London. No other yeah. city in Europe has an insurance sector. No other city in the world has an insurance sector quite like London's. And with cybersecurity, resilience, climate change, it's only getting bigger. And of course, it was the Great Fire of 1666 well, that gave I'm birth to the coffee shop. much of the uh, London uh, insurance mm. business. And before that was, uh, you know, the the, yeah. the shipping firms of Genoa and so forth. But um, yeah. Uh, you know, being being a, a good futurist means you've got to know some of this uh, past stuff. Well, no, about- I mean the history. The history is part of our culture. Yeah. And you've been to London. And also, as you mentioned, 1666 and the Great Fire of London, the street names are all still yeah. the same as they were back in 1666. And one yeah. of the ones I always thought was quite amusing was that Trump Road goes into Russia Road. <laughs> I'm not going to even get into that. That's a good one. Um yeah, I've actually uh, described when I describe some of the future tech, for example, with education, yeah. um, I've said, you know, what about if you had augmented reality glasses? Because Apple's going to release these reportedly next year, um, you know, see through VR yeah. glasses. And you go down to Monument and, you know, you can put it in 1666 mode and see what it would have been like in London. Amazing. You know, prior, you, you know, you could do that sort of yeah. stuff with the technology now. It's pretty wild. Yeah. But um, uh, so two sort of questions in the time we've got left, Lord Mayor. Yeah. Um, one is um, undoubtedly, you know, the, the world has looked to London for the contribution you guys have made in fintech. But how do you think that is now translating into other industries? You mentioned uh, um, life science as an example, but uh, is that being used as a template for other, other sectors in, in the UK? Uh, very good question. Um, so I think life sciences in a way was ahead of fintech because it was before fintech. Um, what's happened is um, with, with, with fintech because it, it, it is so much startups and uh, look, I'm not an expert in life sciences, but you know how much there is in R&D and research and spending before you get the product. Hey, look, what happened to the vaccine is incredible. The fastest, you know, if you and I are having this conversation uh, last year and, and now I've had the vaccine, uh, you know, we'd never have believed it. Well, we didn't, I didn't know it was, we didn't know it was going to be as bad yeah. as it, it has been COVID-19. So I think it's a longer cycle uh, and there are pockets of expertise around life sciences, whereas, Fintech it seems to have, have, have expanded further around the universe, around the UK. Um, and I think that other areas, I think uh, climate and change and sustainability, renewable energy are sort of following the same path. Uh, 
Um, well, that was so the second. That was the second yeah. piece. I wanted to talk about um, how fintech can help us adapt to climate change. Uh, you know, we we see a lot of uh, NFT activity and other things now, but how do we actually start to get some economic value in the system that isn't just shareholder return? That's actually, you know, carbon uh, output or uh, you know sustainability goals and things like that into sort of market valuations potentially. Um. So I think you, one can get one can get that because uh, through I mean you know the natural investment I mean this is where finance is so important to to to, to twenty fifty and the zero emissions because we aren't going to get there without finance. Right. So when I held the Green Horizon Summit with Mark Carney at the Mansion House, we had over ninety countries and uh, attending. It was all about finance is the key to getting to twenty fifty uh, because we need. But that two things. One is. Um, climate change and sustainability investment is going to, one, create jobs, and two, create returns. Uh, but it's doing a good thing, and it's building back better. You've heard that phrase many times, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, I think at the moment, there's a huge amount of investment uh, going into projects. But in my travels around the world, whether it's the big sovereign wealth funds, they want to invest in sustainable projects, but they need to find the projects. So right. there are only so many wind farms or so many solar parks you can invest in. But there are lots of other companies now popping up, rather like fintech, let's say four or five years ago, yeah. popped up. So the startup culture is there. I mean, I'm getting things across my desk constantly about you know here's another another uh, uh, you know whether it's an asset manager who wants to just invest in sustainability we've already got those but more and more people people investing in ESG funds i think it was 71 billion dollars that went in to ESG funds from april to june last year and you know it's over a trillion dollars now so the capital's there we need the projects and there's a bit of a jet time lag uh, rather like after the financial crisis that was really how fintech started because everyone said, we've got to change this. We can't have the big banks dominating mm -hmm. uh, the disruptive technology uh, side of it. And I think that's what's happening a bit uh, on the green side. Uh, and, you know, this COP26 is it's known as the zero emissions COP. And in order to get to zero emissions, we need everyone to be on board. And that is very exciting as far as investment's concerned. But um, Part of there may be... Sorry, part, part of it's transparency, right, is is now we've got the data. We've got the yeah. ability to say um, we can tell as a bank if you're supporting you know, coal plants, for example. Yeah, I agree. Well, look, I mean, it is. It's, and now that we've got the data is going to be is key. But, yeah, it, transparency and the issue is going to be forced and we're going to make it uh, make it work. So it's, look, it is in a very exciting time um, for the UK, particularly around, as you say, those sectors of fintech and, 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 and the green, green agenda as well. So to wrap it up, Lord Mayor, um, you know, we've got listeners from all around the world. If uh, people are still thinking about coming to the UK to, uh, to maybe expand their local startup that they've created offshore, um, where would you suggest they go to learn about uh, making an entrance into UK? Well, I mean, I'm slightly biased because I'm the Lord Mayor of the City of London, uh, but I also recognise that, uh, Brett, uh, the whole of the UK is in pretty good shape and there's huge amounts of talent. Uh, so if uh, London isn't necessarily for some startups, whether it's Nor Belfast, Northern Ireland, Cardiff, uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow, Birmingham, Leeds or Manchester. And I'll throw Newcastle in there because, as you know, I love the Geordies and uh, it's a great city. They've uh, produced some talent in the past, that's for sure. They have. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Lord Mayor William Russell, thank you once again for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, um, we're very grateful to uh, to have you come on any time you have some new news for us. The Khalifa Report is available online. You can It's uh, KL, K-A-L-I-F-A, Khalifa Review of UK Fintech. Make sure you check it out. Some really interesting stats in there. And, of course, uh, some of our fintech friends uh, appearing in the notes there. And, uh, yeah, again, great shout out to Ann Bowden and the Starling folks for their uh, unicorn, newly minted unicorn status uh, over the last month or so. Uh, Lord Mayor, thank you again for joining us on Breaking Banks. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.